Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. On the path, which is the name for our personal witchcraft practices, we have spent a great deal of time discussing what we believe and why. These conversations led to the writing of a book full of information about our tradition. We call these beliefs metaphysical kernels of thought because they are the start of much, much bigger ideas. We thought we would share some of these with you. So, today's metaphysical kernel of thought is spiritual awakenings. A spiritual awakening happens over time as you work on your own spiritual growth and development. But please note that we on the path use the plural awakenings because we believe it is a process rather than singular event, unlike many other world religions. This process can take place in small increments until you reach an awakening of some sort and often includes a number of common stages. These can begin with feeling lost or confused about your beliefs or practices. By doing some work, you may begin to shift perspective in some way. You may start or go back to some area of practice or reevaluate what you truly believe. You actively seek answers and meaning in what you are doing. You may find or rediscover an answer and experience a spurt of spiritual growth, which changes what you think and do. You may return to feeling lost or confused again and move on to the deeper inner work, which leads to better understanding of the changes that are happening. This allows an integration of this knowledge to become part of your daily life. As you can see from how we view this process, it can go back and forth between different stages, and you can also be in different stages in various parts of your life at the same time. We also believe that you can have a spiritual awakening occur in many parts of your life, and all these parts can affect the whole. We believe that the personal changes you may experience can include increased inspiration, more synchronicities and coincidences showing up, clearer self-knowledge, which leads to better personal acceptance, and a desire for more spiritual growth and development. Once we started walking the path, our spiritual practices have led to the experience of these small awakenings, which when combined have led to larger awakenings and so on. Like we said, it is a process that is ongoing so long as we continue to work on our spiritual growth. We are not the same as when we started, and we believe that we will continue to have spiritual awakenings. We do not believe that a person ever finishes awakening, but continues to grow and change in new and exciting ways, even when the process can be uncomfortable for a time. Growth can be hard work, but the end worth the effort. I don't know. Somehow I got the idea when I was much younger, I guess because of the era that I grew up in, too, that there was this whole idea of you. your goal was to reach enlightenment. And once you got there, you were done. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and there was was this guru and that guru, and they were supposed to have all the answers to whatever bothered you about the universe or yourself or whatever. And because they were enlightened, they could tell you eventually it will be fine. If that makes sense when I say it that way. And then, of course, I first came upon the idea of a spiritual awakening in a 12-step meeting. 
once I kind of crawled up in the one and sat around long enough to clean the smoke out of my ears. Sure. And said, okay, you're going to eventually awaken your spirit. And at that point, I was like, okay, my spirit has been smushed flat. <laughs> there isn't anything there. And the longer I hung around, for want of a better word, I kind of started coming back to life. Sure. And I wanted what other people were talking about in terms of spiritual awakening. And when well, you start, started to have that hope that if they could reach that, then you might be able to reach that. Exactly. And, and I want to say just as a matter of the fact that you're here and, and you're still clean, I'm it, so glad to have you around. So oh, thank you. I am too. But I've been around long enough that I have written the stuff because they, they sneak up on you. you. You work your way through them the first time and you get to the end step, to step 12. And instead of at the end of the book, it says, congratulations, you are now enlightened. It says, congratulations, the end is only the beginning. And the person you're sharing your step work work says, guess what? We go back to step one and start all over again. And it well, had different, deeper meaning from there. But it's like, really? But by the same token, I think it's kind of influenced the way I don't think a spiritual awakening is like, ha-ha, it's little bits and pieces that suddenly burst. It's like spontaneous combustion. You have to have enough stuff come together to make Sure, things. sure. You get to that critical density and pressure. Mm -hmm. exactly. um, I, I have to say from my experience, it's interesting because when you were describing that, my thought of the first time I can remember having what I felt was a, a spiritual awakening, um, and this is not to not to say anything against anyone's spiritual belief, I I was resistant during most of my life to organized religion, and I'll, I'll just leave it there. But I can remember that I I reached that moment where I needed to walk down to the front and get on my knees with tears in my eyes. And I felt everything that I was supposed to be feeling in that moment, mm -hmm. which, of course, I was between the music and the energy. I mean, that is you can't get any more pagan of a ritual than than someone giving their life over to Jesus. Oh, yes. But in that in that experience, it's funny now because the spiritual awakenings that I remember from that whole sort of weird hallucination moment that I had in the church was when I woke up the next morning. And I realized that I wasn't completely a different person at all. I was the same person. And I was still probably going to get harassed on the way to school. And I was still probably going to have to deal with this. And I must be, I've got to go back and do this again because I didn't do it right. Which, there again, in hindsight, I'm saying it must have been my fault. But now that we have become... Um, crown and sage, so to speak. I think the perspective that I have from that first spiritual awakening is to understand that, no, there isn't any big lightning bolt that is going to come and hit us on the forehead, and, and tomorrow I'm going to be completely a different person. Um, I am a completely different person from having 
met my wife, but it took her 16 years to make me this way. It didn't happen overnight. That we did. I would agree with that. And she didn't make you. She just let, stood back and let you figure it out. Because we both know Sue was not going to have any effect on you, Dave, unless Dave wanted her to. <laughs> but she got us about that one and just move on quietly. But the whole idea is to, I think you can be, I, I get very wrapped up in the whole idea of I can be way up on a high spiritual whatever awakening level in one area of my life or practice or whatever and still be completely unawakened in another area all at the same time. I mean, sure. I don't want people to get the idea either that if you are working toward through the process of spiritual awakening, that it's all going to be, everything is going to flow together smoothly. There's going to be friggin' bumps in the road. If you look at the common stages, because believe me, I researched that for quite a while, to see what other people had to say about how the what they felt when it was happening. And there's that whole lost and confused and the back and forth and the questioning. And it's there are times it can be uncomfortable as hell. Because all of a sudden, everything that you believed in and worked before doesn't fit. And but, that's the same questioning of, do I, was I completely wrong? Or have I outgrown some of this stuff? Well, what I'm learning, and, and, and I can only speak for myself here, but what I'm learning finally is to embrace the fact that that for me is kind of every morning. Mm -hmm. um, back to, to spiritual awakenings, I'm sort of trying to live a life where I have them every morning and oftentimes through the day. Um, so when I when I first saw that that's what we were going to talk about um, mm -hmm. for this episode, I took down a couple of notes just as things kind of came to me during the week. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of one of the. I'm going to call it a spiritual awakening that I had is I scratched down this little note that said, it makes me feel good to catch myself thinking good thoughts. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds really simple and basic, but it needed to be really simple and basic for me to understand that, wow, I just noticed my own inner self-talk saying something good about me. And that hasn't happened an awful lot. You know, over the years, we all have our good times and, and bad times. But for me to notice that I had said that was part of that spiritual awakening for me because I was awakened to the fact that, yes, there is a voice in there among the crowd in my head that sees that I am growing. So my spiritual awakenings recently have been, and you know this from conversation with me, have been about realizing I'm actually having two and three good days in a row. And those kind of things, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn not to fight them and stuff like that. But again, the spiritual awakening aspect is that I'm noticing that I'm having good experiences and I'm noticing that I'm having happy or healthy thoughts and I'm noticing that I'm having good experiences and, and interconnections with both my coworkers and my customers and whatnot. So I guess I, 
I guess I could say I am having an abundance of spiritual awakenings lately. And that for me is just a great place to be because I can also remember long periods of drought um, as any cycle should be. Oh, sure. And I, and I like the way how you said it's simple, but it needs to be said. Nobody, nowhere in anything that we talk about do we say this has to be complicated. No. Or grandiose or over the top. Now, we've all had those over the top experiences. Like when you were talking about when you were called down the aisle and you had that mystical, ah, I'm with God kind of thing moment. Okay. Yes, they can be that way. But from our experience, those are fun. And when we have that in ritual, it's like, yes, that was such a great ritual. But then you have to get up the next morning and make breakfast kind of thing. Sure. So so it was a nice moment. And you want to take something from it that, yes, it is possible to experience that connection for a brief second kind of thing with whatever. Or, you know, the incense was really good or whatever. But the whole idea is that it's the day-to-day stuff is what creates that level of ah and spontaneous combustion. And then I'll really shut up. You're up a level and you're at the beginning again. It's almost like graduating from high school and going off to college because you go from being the big mighty 12th grader who is king or queen of the school kind of thing. And then you go off to the college and you're a freshman again. Yeah. That happened. That happened in the Navy every single time that you made rank because you went from being the most senior E4 to the most junior, junior E5 and so on and so forth. So it, it was part of learning, learning your way into a new role. Mm-hmm. And that's what a spiritual awakening does in a sense, because you are creating your own role as walking a path and how you're going to present yourself to other people with the little bits that you're getting along the way and seeing what other people do and recognizing there are times I can be a real asshole about this and I'm choosing not to be. Or like you said, I'm having thoughts that are positive. Well, right now I'm having an awakening from the words that you said there with, yeah, I am, I am actively creating the role that I'm going to play in this organization and in this podcast and in this relationship. So yeah, absolutely. Spiritual awakening. I am too, because it's different. You know, when I sit and talk to Sue, we finish each other's sentences for years because we have talked about this stuff endlessly. And it's neat to talk to somebody who I can see you be granted to people who are listening can't, but occasionally I can tell, you know, exactly what I mean. And other times I see your face go, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> you know, and it's hysterical. <laughs> you know, And I have to remember that you have said you've been on the periphery, so you have the vocabulary, but you really didn't pay attention to what we were talking about. We were two crazy ladies in the corner. In me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'll be the first one to claim that label. Because sometimes we got out there, you know, with these, we'd start these philosophical discussions that we were here in reality, and all of a sudden we're somewhere east of Mars and heading God knows where. Yeah, Susie used to call that going half astral. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because all of a sudden we're out there, and how the hell did we get here? But it makes perfect sense. At the same time, you know, and it's, and I don't want people to think that 
all of this has to be work. Yeah, there's work involved because you have to figure out what pieces still fit and what pieces you're going to throw out and what pieces you have to go find now that you know you're missing some pieces. Well, and that's that's kind of where I'm going to turn towards. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope that people are that are listening. I hope that you can go and notice and find and and see and acknowledge those little spiritual moments or spiritual awakenings that you're having through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because I really believe, you know, just like I'm noticing more and more synchronicities and coincidences. Well, of course I am. I'm paying more attention to those <laughs> synchronicities. And so um, I guess my message for the day would be spiritual awakenings, like Elizabeth was saying, doesn't have to be about some huge life-shattering event. It can be walking down the sidewalk on a Tuesday and thinking, I don't hate myself today. There we go. So wherever you are on your path, I hope you're able to notice that you have spiritual awakenings sometimes when you don't even notice that you're having them. There you go. And I think that's another part of it is very often we get so busy with life and life itself is a spiritual awakening if you are participating. And sometimes it's the most mundane stuff. You know, we consistently showed up on time every day this week. And if you are a person who doesn't value time or doesn't pay attention to time or think, oh, well, if I'm there and everybody else is waiting for me for 10 minutes, it's no big deal. On a mundane level, creating that habit of today I'm on time and look at the better reactions I get. And that's a very mundane thought you know, in terms of the change, but that's that small change that all of a sudden I'm getting positive reactions. Well, every change is small in the moment and large in the effect. I think so. I truly do. And I think that's the biggest part about it is those little pieces of spiritual awakenings. They're small and they may seem insignificant, but keep track of them. Write them down. Mark them in your phone, for God's sakes. We're all attached to the hip. Set a reminder to yourself. <laughs> I noticed that. And then at the end of the day, look at all your notes. And just or here's another idea. And if I can if I can remember to do this tomorrow, I'll send out a tweet um, from two young crones with the hashtag spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And if you have a spiritual awakening this week, folks, just Tweet about whatever your awakening was. Tell the entire world. Put it out into the ether and throw the hashtag spiritual awakenings on it. We'll see if we can get some momentum. I like that idea. You know, I'm not, I'll be the first one to say I am not good with social media. I'm learning. I really am. It is possible to learn social media as you get older. And my theory is if I get stuck, just like I do anytime I'm using my cell phone or something with a computer, I yell for one of the grandchildren and they come explain it to me or fix the button that I pushed by mistake or I call Dave. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'll call him. Um, I am here and it says this. And I'll hear, what did you push? And I said, uh, I backtrack and did this. And then I did, I says, okay, now here's what you do to fix it. You know, 
and, and, I, we, and we and we can actually label that as a spiritual awakening, just for the record. So. Oh, yeah, because I am learning stuff. And I think that's the biggest part about spiritual awakening is it doesn't matter how old you are. If you keep that desire to learn stuff, and we can be about whatever you want. And if you keep that desire going, you're going to have spiritual awakenings. I don't care. It's going to happen. Because it's spiritual awakening starts with a desire to grow more than anything else or be different. You don't just different than what we have always been. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're talking about I'm walking down the street and I'm not actively hating myself. Okay, that may not be gross per se right that minute. But the fact that you have a desire to change what was. Is a big damn deal. Sure. You know, and that is, regardless of what, we all have those committees in our head. Let's be honest. We all do. We all have those committees. And I have learned through a whole lot of work that there are certain committee members who I need to tell them to sit down and shut the fuck up on a regular basis. (laughs) You know, and I don't always win. But a lot of the time, I catch myself a lot sooner with that. When When the committee starts getting loud, I'll be like, wait a minute. Why am I listening to the committee? And then I usually don't have a good answer. And then I can stop and say, all right, why am I making myself crazy over this? And it's usually something I can't do anything about. You just led to actually another one of my recent spiritual awakenings. So um, wonderful setup there. Um, I realized after 50 some odd years of listening to that committee, that meditation for me is a way to step outside the building where the committee lives. Yeah, I know. I can actually, just for a few minutes at a time, go to where they can't whisper in my ear. Mm-hmm. And so just as a metaphor for what I've been able to achieve with meditation, it's been my ability to step away from the monkey mind and the the circle of voices and you know all of the other stuff that comes with that mm-hmm. so there again it's uh it's nice to have those spiritual awakenings and they inevitably are going to help us grow i think so you know and like you said and, and sometimes it isn't permanent because the committee's going to start up again once you stop meditating, in essence. But they may be a little quieter for a while. Sure. You know, sure. And, and I think that in itself is when you are actively pursuing a spiritual practice, however it looks to you, and you are doing little things all the time because you like what you're doing. Or it satisfies you, that internal spark of the divine that we've talked about. That spark gets a little brighter. When we do this stuff, we grow, period. Unequivocally, we grow and we change. That's, in essence, the start of a bigger spiritual awakening. Because then we're able to look around and say, okay, I practice this way. I practice this way for the last however long. Does it still work? Does it make my spark happier? And we learn to question. And I think that's a big part of the practice of the path and of witchcraft is we don't settle. 
we we don't automatically have somebody else say this is the way we do this. We're, well, we're we back in the room going why? Well, and we we grow to a point where we recognize that I don't have to be exactly who I was or practice exactly the way I did yesterday. No, that's the whole point. That means, and, and that is a a for want of a better word, it's proof of growth. Because sometimes in order for, I know for me, this is me now, sometimes for me to grow, I have to be able to see that I grew to where I am now. Sure. That I did things and I switched stuff around and I tried this and I tried that. And somehow part of it worked and it got me to hear. Something and, that did not work for you before you found a way to work it. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. Or something that was working stopped working, and I could put it down and pick up something, try other things until I figured out what I needed now. Right. Which is a great metaphor for getting into recovery when you think about it from all kinds of things. <laughs> they stopped working, you know. I mean, I learned finally that I did not want to kill myself actively every day, which means I stopped trying to kill the spirit inside of me, and I woke up and said, wait a minute, why am I doing this? It's not fixing what's broken or what's driving me nuts inside. I can ignore it for an hour or two if I'm high enough, but it doesn't fix it. And when I got clean, and believe me, I went on a spiritual search because I wanted that spirituality. And I tried a whole lot of different things, and I kind of backed into witchcraft. And suddenly, what I thought about the universe, somebody else was talking about in the same way. And I was like, okay. Of course, what I thought about the universe then is probably vastly different because that was like 20 years ago. And I have changed and grown and my beliefs have changed and grown. But I have learned that it, it's hard. Witchcraft calls to me. And it works. And until it doesn't, I'm going to keep on doing it. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who agrees with me or disagrees with me. Because there are all those people out there who have to figure out their own way of doing shit. Right. <laughs> what more can you say at that point? You're shaking your head at me and I'm going, yeah, he gets it. You know, we have to each have to figure out what works. And that's Frank, Frank frankly, I'm wondering how much of that is gonna have to be edited because you wandered way out into a rabbit hole. Oh, that's okay. So what I've been doing that for years. And people seem to like it, but we talk about that stuff way out in the rabbit hole. We come back around though, because when you think about okay. it, you know, spiritual awakenings are all about making those changes that you need to let your spirit grow. Period. At its most basic. And they happen all the time. And they don't have to be dramatic. Though they're fun when they are. At least momentarily, you know. But like you said, it's, it's enough to acknowledge that I'm thinking good thoughts and I'm having a good day today. Sure, that's growth. That's growth. Come on, you know, and growth lets you. And for me, at least, growth encourages more growth because you like how you feel when you when the when when you get to that next level. It's like you said you were an E four and you worked at it so you could be an E five, and now I'm an E five. Okay, where do I want to go next? And it's a whole, I mean, witchcraft, at least, it's a whole bunch of fun figuring out where you're going next. Because usually there isn't somebody there to tell you you should do this. 
I don't know. My experience was there was always an awful lot of people that were trying to tell me what I should do. And I, I started to develop the best of my spirituality when I started listening to me. Exactly. I think you just, we just said the same thing. I think so. Yeah. It's when we listen to that little voice inside that says, this is what you need to do. And if we go out and do it, that's when we get the most growth out of anything. None of us comes with a list of things that says, if I do this, this, and this, and this, and this, the world is perfect. We have to figure out today what I need to do to make my day go well and grow. And that's an awakening because I have to, I have to figure it out. I can tell you how I've experienced spiritual awakenings and what I've done, but you have to have your own. Sure. Okay. Well, as you said, I think we've talked ourselves in and out of several rabbit holes in there tonight, but that's okay too. Cause that's one of the best parts of these kernels. I think is that we start out with a little piece of an idea and we start playing with it and see where we end up. Makes sense to me. Anything you want to add before we say uh, it was fun? No, I think I, uh, <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> I like it when you smile. <laughs> I haven't seen too many of those over the years. I get serious, Dave, a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, because usually I'm trying to fix something for you. <laughs> but, you know, that's okay, too. I like serious, Dave. All right. I am officially out of coffee. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but, I'm yeah, it reminds me, too. I am, too. But I, we hope you've enjoyed our ramblings for yet another topic. Sure. And, Hang around for the rest of the podcast where we actually might have a semi-script and teach you a little bit about some of our other stuff. And we'll see you again soon with another yeah, look. Look for those uh, look for those moments when you think of our conversation today and realize that you're realizing something. Yeah, that's it's fun when that happens. Oh, it sure is. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's Witch Stone Spotlight, we'll be looking at the stone for Beltane. Concrete stones focus on a specific physical energy rather than on a concept, and the last four concrete stones link the four cross-quarter times together, which are used in the practice of the craft on the path. We work with them as a seasonal time or period of our year that runs from cross-quarter day through a sabbat to the following cross-quarter day and are associated with a stronger awareness of one of the four physical elements. The second cross-quarter time is Beltane, beginning in early May, which displays a pictograph of black symbols for the projective and receptive energies with the meeting point in red for the connection of spirit surrounded by a gray border. You might recognize this symbol as a combination of the traditional masculine and feminine symbols. On the path, we lean away from the gender references and focus more on the types of energies involved. 
the border being the same color all the way around tells us, us that this is a concrete stone. The border being gray tells us that this card represents one of the cross-quarter times. During our times of Beltane, the element Earth is the most prominent. The light energy of the year is expanding and growth of the world around us mirrors the growth inside us all. We have more time, more daylight, and more energy to apply to our spirit's path working. On the path, we focus on body and bone, the physical and spiritual roots, which are the source of our personal practices. Connecting to the energy of Earth, it is time for us to get our fingers in the dirt and to connect with our ancestral origins, always right below our feet. Beltane's magical associations include the physical body and growth, constructive working, self-knowledge and self-care, the finding of sacred places, and of life celebrations. Beltane's magical associations focus on the element of Earth. Beltane is associated with the direction of north. In the season cycle, we are in spring or in early summer. In the life cycle, this is the season of birth and the growth that accompanies it. In the moon cycle, we associate Beltane with the waxing phases and the energy of building. And in the day cycle, we see the dawn glowing with all of its potential. The scene energy for the Beltane stone in a reading is times of growth, roots of practice, and partnerships and relationships. Times of growth may mean working to create what you need in your life. Experience the growing energies of the earth and tap into this power as it grows. Roots of practice refers again to our own personal daily attentions that we send toward inward through habit. This may be a reminder of the foundations that we've built and are building with each and every day. Partnerships and relationships remind us that our foundations often include and interact with those foundations of those around us. This may involve the joining of our energies with someone else for change and for mutual development. When the Beltane stone is seen is unseen in a reading, the unseen energy for this Beltane stone is a time of growth, something missing, or look to the roots. The time of growth may signify that we need to buckle down and do some of the work needed to nourish our personal projects, expanding or fortifying the foundations of our practice. Something missing may mean that we need to take the time to figure out something we might have overlooked during planning our current manifestations. Look for the aspects of our practice that may have been neglected or overlooked. And look to the roots along those same lines implies that we may need to return to simplicity and thoughtful patience, especially with ourselves. It might also be hinting that we need to look closely to our own physical body's health. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. 
So for this witchy tips or tricks, I wanted to bring up a quick couple of ideas about burning Palo Santo wood. I happen to work in a metaphysical store and we sell little sticks of Palo Santo wood. We sell bushel baskets of them every week. And I'm always surprised to find out that people don't know more than one or two different ways that they can use their Palo Santo wood. So I just wanted to give you some suggestions. Most people that I talk to simply light the end of the Palo Santo stick and once it's smoking good, then they can walk around and smudge or use the smoke in ritual or what have you. And they find that they're going to be able to burn that stick maybe 10 or 15 times. Some people, like myself, when I'm burning on charcoal or if I'm using an oil diffuser, take that piece of Palo Santo wood and with a small knife, you can whittle it and get those shavings. If you use those shavings on top of any resin or any charcoal, you get a wonderful aroma because the oils are fresh right there in the wood. Um, you can also actually, if you get finer shavings, you can put them in an oil diffuser and you'll find that the oil will pick up the scent of the Palo Santo and that'll work. And then my, uh, my favorite personally is one that I learned from Susie. She would take a small volt votive candle holder and just put a tea light in the bottom of it. And then she would set the piece of Palo Santo wood across the top of the candle holder. And so it would essentially burn at the center, sort of like a rotisserie. And then she would be able to, after that ritual, after it had cooled off, she'd be able to wipe her finger on it and get some of that ash and make a mark or what have you for whatever ritual. Um, so I always used to just adore finding candle holders all over the house with pieces of Palo Santo wood halfway across. And... At the very, very least, if you're out in the woods and you have no fire, you have no chance, but you have a piece of Palo Santo wood in your pocket, you can always bash it with a rock. It will pulp it up enough where you will be able to get the scent of the Palo Santo wood for whatever ritual you need, even in the pouring rain. So there's five different ways right there that you can use your Palo Santo wood. Try some different ways. And if you come up with anything that I haven't covered, let us know about it. There are times in our lives when we all feel stuck. You can't figure out why we're not moving towards goals or whatever we else we want to do. So in the spirit of new perspectives about this idea, here is a simple spell just to kind of reset yourself. We've all gone through those times where we get stuck. So here you go. All you really need for this spell is a nice shiny quarter or any other coin that can kind of let you focus on the shine and the movement as opposed to just to being a regular old coin. What you're going to do is actually flip the coin over three times while saying the little chant I'm going to give you. Start with it on tails so that if you flip it three times by the time you're done, the heads side of the coin will be up which represents that new perspective or getting out of the old ways of thinking and doing. Each time you flip the coin, say this chant. As I flip this coin, the old no longer controls, and I begin anew, renewed and aware of my goals. Simple, right? 
as I said, here's the gent one more time. As I flip this coin, the old no longer controls, and I begin anew, renewed and aware of my goals. It's just a way to take a moment, take a breath, recognize that you don't have to be stuck. Maybe it'll give you an inspiration of some kind to try something different. Maybe it'll just give you an awareness that you just need to keep doing what you're doing. It doesn't matter. However, you can also keep this coin in your pocket. And when you feel yourself getting stuck again in those old ways of thinking and acting, flip the coin in the air a few times to remind yourself and reactivate the spell. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two young crones. You can also find us on social media such as Facebook and Twitter. Until then, then, remember, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. We are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So, so it be. be.